welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Got a good crew today. I'd like to welcome Amy and Marla and Chris and Craig and Kerry and Todd. Ted, I'm sorry, Ted. Good to have y'all. Today we will be talking about the story Means and Ends. Uh, it's from Thomas Merton's interpretation of Chauncey's book entitled Chauncey, I believe. We can get this book in any of the other books. It's at buddyc.org for those. So you're welcome to you get those there. We have a nightly 9 p.m. Eastern open online meeting of AA, get there by Zoom, aameetings.com. We have a Facebook group by the same name, Dow of Our Understanding. If you want to, it's a private group. So if you want to participate in our conversation, we post the link for this meeting and the information and any continued uh, discussion happens there. Craig does a nice job of managing that for us. Thank you, Craig. He fits it into his recovery schedule. He's very busy. So thank you, sir, for all your service. All right. Means and ends. Amy, would you like to read for us today, ma'am? Means and ends. The gatekeeper in the capital city of Stoom became such an expert mourner after his father's death and so emaciated himself with fasts and austerities that he was promoted to high rank in order that he might serve as a model of ritual observance. As a result of this, his imitators so deprived themselves that half of them died. The others were not promoted. The purpose of a fish trap is to catch fish. And when the fish are caught, the trap is forgotten. The purpose of a rabbit snare is to catch rabbits. When the rabbits are caught, the snare is forgotten. The purpose of words is to convey ideas. When the ideas are grasped, the words are forgotten. Where can I find a man who has forgotten words? He is the one I would like to talk to. Hmm. Any thoughts on this one? Starting with the first sentence. Do you want to start there? Please. I'll just read that first sentence. The gatekeeper in the capital city of Sung became such an expert mourner after his father's death and so emancipated himself with fasts and austerities that he was promoted to high rank in order that he might serve as a model of ritual observance. So here's this man who does a a really kind of a silly thing. He starves himself because he was so in such deep grief about the death of his father. So he starved himself and other, and other people followed what he did. I mean, they promoted him thinking he was a God. I think part of the rituals for uh, funeral rites and appropriate uh, showing respects for respect for family members to pass were some of these, um, these observances, some of these rituals, Marla. So it was more common, I think, than what we would, that wouldn't be common now, 
but it was a common thing at that time from what I understand. To not to to not eat over in, in part of it. I mean, I understand there's traditions. We have, you know, traditions that last a year after a person's died and et cetera, et cetera. But the the not eating part. Yes. Is yeah. that's part some of the, the some of the fasting. And he said, and austerity. So, uh, and, and it was, and it was honored that he, that he did these so well that he served as a model of ritual observance. Like if you wanted our rituals, if you want to see how to do our rituals, look at how Sung did his rituals for his father's death. No, I get and, I understand that. I'm sorry. No, I, I understood that part. Yeah. So because he was so good at following these rituals and I had to look up the word austerity because I didn't know what it meant. Stemness, austerity means stemness or severity of manner or attitude conditions characterized by severity. Um, Oh, then it says a simple life of prayer and personal austerity. Okay. So I don't know if anybody else needed that, but just in case, but it's it's saying that because he did this so well, um, because and, and we know that because he was emaciated, and then other people look to him like as a as like oh that's what we should do too. But then they deprived themselves. But he was doing that in observance or mourning his father's death. Yeah. So was his father like a ruler or something? Or was he somebody important or was this guy just important? And other people were like peer pressure, following along, you know, joiners. I mean, followers, not, you know what I mean? Like, why did the other people? He was just a gatekeeper. Yeah, he was just a simple, he was a simple simple gatekeeper. So why were there imitators of him, though? That's what I didn't quite understand. Why did they want to be like him? If he was just a gatekeeper. Uh, let's see what Chris has to say. Chris? Well, he was promoted. So he was, the leaders apparently wanted him to be uh, oh, duh. a symbol of, of the way to behave, I think. Uh, so yeah. then the other, sorry. Go, go ahead. Yeah. So then the other, oh, I, I, I missed that part, even though I read it. Right. He was promoted to high rank. Oh, yeah. So then other people could see. So then they thought if they did what he did, they would get promoted too. Is exactly. that exactly? Oh, exactly. Oh, now I understand. Yeah. It didn't work for them. It didn't work for them. They didn't understand why what he did. They were just imitating him. They weren't doing it for the right reason. Maybe it's it's the only thing I could think of there. To connect those two lines. uh, How about this, Chris? Through the pain of his father's death, he he was promoted. These other people didn't have pain. They just imitated what they saw. Yeah, there you go. Right. Right. Greg? That reminds me of sponsees. Just watching what you're doing rather than doing what you're doing not actually buying into to everything. <laughs> I just had that thought just just when just when Amy mentioned that. 
Well, in fact, AA tells you to just do what we do for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I got confused with the word emaciated. Well, he just starved himself to death. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same with the austerity. He's getting involved in it as well. He's obviously forsaken, um, yeah. forsaken things rather than taken. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's what the Buddha did, right? So um, was that around the time this was written? Could be uh, this. I think this was a little sooner than than Buddha, Chris. Uh, yeah. Uh, Marla, you have something. So I was just thinking, like, in, so intention is everything. It's this man intentionally. The the followers did not have the same intention about them that he that the gatekeeper did. So it didn't. They did not get promoted. Well, he so was honoring like, his father. Right, and the other, the, his followers didn't have that that same intention. They didn't have the same purpose. So their their ritual, whatever they did, their following their cult leader, um, it didn't work for them. See, he had true pain and suffering, and he was responding to his his. And, and when we come into recovery, that happens for us. I would have never learned to surrender if it wasn't that I had to in my life depended on it, you know? I mean, it's the same kind of thing for me that uh, I responded to true pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. And then other people who may not, you know, have that pain and suffering may not be able to understand how for that to work. Uh, Carrie? I was going to say, it looks like the the gatekeeper was just doing what came natural to him. And for everybody else, it wasn't natural for them. And that's why they died. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Let, let me let me just read the rest of it together and see how that would fit with that. Uh, the purpose of the fish trap is to catch fish. And when the fish are caught, the trap is forgotten. The purpose of the rabbit snare is to catch rabbits. When the rabbits are caught, the snare is forgotten. The purpose of words is to convey ideas. When the ideas are grasped, the words are forgotten. Where can I find a man who has forgotten words? He is the one I would like to talk to. Anything, guys? Plenty, I would say, in that, um, you know, at the beginning of recovery, when you hear all the, when I heard all the talk and the cliches and the, you know, the sayings, and I'm like, this is such bullshit, you know, and I, I was like this. And I didn't want anything to integrate into my system. Once I, inter- once I like let go of all that I, and let it integrate into the system, I, I had it in my heart. And so it was all a feeling rather than words. If that makes any, I'm just, I'm trying to simplify all of it. Um, you know, and it's like when you feel love, you know, true love, it's like in, it's in your heart. You can't, there's no thinking about it. It's just a feeling. And it's, it's like, you know, once I understood that the universe had my back and that there was something greater than me out there, I let it, 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 it was so much easier. I let it go. And it sunk into my heart and integrates more into my system when it's in my heart. 
without the words. Does that make any sense? Whatever. Yeah, it does. And it's interesting. I think they're relating the father's death to the trap or the snare or the words. I'm sure that as the gatekeeper, after he was promoted, the thing he talked about every day was how to do the rituals, not about his father's death. And we so often, they use words last. And so often we hold on to the to the intellectual part of these things rather than the gifts that are, it's like the finger pointing at the moon. You know, the moon is what's important, not the finger that's pointing at it. <laughs> you know, and the words are that finger. So is all these other things. And he wants the man, he wants to find the guy that is focusing on the moon, not what's pointing at the moon, even in our words. I thought about the message, not the messenger. You know, the message is what's important, not the messenger. Oh, Chris, did you have something? I'm sorry. Well, yeah, it sounds like the means, the difference between the means and the end. Yep, you know, the, exactly. The, means, the process is more important than the the end goal, let's say, for one thing. Or Right. Hmm. All this is means. And so the means were his father's death. And the means is the trap and the snare and the words. Yeah. 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 I had an associate. Thank you, Chris. I had not put that together with the title. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. You know. Right. Um, oh, yeah. That's right. It was. <laughs> I was focusing on the words. It's weird. Gary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks for pointing me back to the title. So, all right, let me see if I can get this out. So, it's like it seems like oneness, right? So, if you put it all together with one, the means and the ends, where where the gatekeeper did that, um, the people didn't. They were just focusing on one thing, or they were just focusing on the ends and not thinking of the whole thing together and why it was done. And so that's right. failed for them, maybe. Yeah, and he got there through pain. He got there through misery, which is very relatable to recovery because, you know, it's our misery that gets us here, you know. And then we talk about our misery some, but what we really talk about after that is our experience and how great life is now, similar to the moon, you know. They were focused on the destination, not the journey. Yeah, that's good, Craig. Thank you. Ideas are are our ideas grasped through our painful experiences. That was a question I had out of this. We can't uh, see things. We can't uh, can't read my writing. I can't read my writing. Uh, uh, we can't see others grasp words and copy them. We must be in pain, too, regardless of what it takes. Yeah. What ideas are, am I grasping from the words? Not the words, but what's behind the words? What's in between? What's in between the notes? You know. Carrie. So it reminds me of, I like to play some golf. And I love to watch a YouTube video, which is a bunch of words on how to make the perfect golf swing. And then I'll go out that that 
that morning after I watched the video and tried to do it, it was just horrible. It's a horrible experience because the words just don't do it justice to actually getting out there and experiencing and doing it. I kind of relate that to that at some crazy level. Thank you, sir. Yes. I thought about some Zen teachers that uh, do not want their students to read much literature. Uh, I read another Zen teacher who used to send letters to their students, you know, back before email and all of that. And he would instruct in the letter, read this, then burn it. Don't keep it and read it over and over and over again. Because he didn't want them focusing on the words. He wanted them focusing on the practice. Get that. But it doesn't make sense for me. Oh, me neither, Amy. I would want to keep it and read it over and over and over again. Yeah, because this is going to say something different when my experiences change and I come to it again. It's going to mean something completely different and it's going to be appropriate for that season of my life. Could be. But the teacher thought it was more important for them just to continue to sit and not focus on what he told them. And that they would get more from just sitting than uh, staying focused on his words. So who knows? But that I think that was his his point. I read a book one time about it's like a Dallas book about playing tennis, mm-hmm. um, and it used a lot of the same principles. Sorry, <clears throat> sorry. Um, but anyways, um, one of them was like when you watch professionals play, don't try to imitate what they're doing. Just kind of watch the motions and what they're doing, and kind of just have that filter into you. Um, just uh, not try to like learn from them, but just watch what they're doing and get a feel for it. Um, but I can see that in recovery too, where you listen to other people and you just kind of want what they have. And it's not like you're following their exact instructions, but you just kind of, how did they do it? And get a feel for what they've done and try to incorporate that and do that in your life. Maybe I kind of take that from the words and um, kind of forget the words and forget what they're doing and how awesome they are as professionals, but, you know, just what's the feel of what they're doing. Exactly. Greg? Yeah. Yeah, Kerry, I think what you're you're hitting on there is um we share our experiences rather than tell people what to do and let them formulate their own decisions mm-hmm. and their own paths based on exactly. what we've done. It's it's the exact same when we're reading how it works. It says this is what we did. If you want it, you can give it a go. If it works for you, well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But it's it's still about motive though, right? It's still about intention. Like if you if you because it says if you've decided what you you want what we have and are willing to go to any lengths. The willing to go, get- go to any length is it, Amy. <laughs> that that is the misery. You know, yeah. that's the misery, going to any length, the letting go. So that's that's what the gatekeeper had. The gatekeeper had true depth of pain and suffering from his father's death. That's how he learned how to mourn was because he had he experienced it. His motives were genuine and pure. Yes, he wasn't looking for a promotion. I'm sure all from what I read in the story, I don't think that that was something that he was after. He wasn't trying to 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 get promoted. It was probably a surprise to him the, the way I read the story. Yeah. Gary. So I'm just thinking about going through the steps. Um, I, people have taken me through them and they tell me how to do them. But, you know, it's still, I'll be down 
step six or seven. And then I'm like, oh, I think I get number one now. <laughs> I've heard enough experiences and things, right? Like it's the words, they just, I just, they come in like, that makes sense. That makes sense. But until I sit with it and experience it myself, sometimes it just doesn't, doesn't make sense. Thank you. That's good. Yes. And that's willingness on your part. The continued willingness to go to any lengths, right? You're still open-minded to what you can possibly learn. And then, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think part of it is also not being pissed off at yourself because you might not have grasped that idea about step one when you were working step one. You know, it's just, again, part of the journey. We always see ways that we haven't, or I can just speak for me. I, I see ways I haven't surrendered. I see my same fears that were in my initial fourth step that still seem to be the foundation of all of my fear, you know? Uh, and, and I had something the other day and I was just sitting with it and working on it. And, you know, this is the same fear that's always there that I'm still surrendering. Um, and it was actually the fear of, uh, it wasn't the fear of not pleasing people or the fear. It was more the fear of failure, but not the fear of failure, but the fear of people knowing I failed. It was much more shallow than that. You know, it was just, I don't want you to know I failed. I really don't care if I fail. I just don't want anyone to know about it. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Isn't that awful? It sounds like insignificance, buddy. Yeah. Do you have, do you have this thing with insignificance? Do you, do you want to talk about it? No, I don't. I'll talk to my sponsor about it. Thank you. But that's what I found. And I'm like, this is the same thing over. And I'm taking that lap over and over again. But it's less and less. This is a lesser experience of that, you know. So, But it's coming from suffering, you know. The only reason I'm addressing it is because I was suffering. You know, I've been depressed and I was trying to figure out why and, you know, look at all that and just, uh, and, and it, and I got some realization of that the, the other day and I was like, wow, it's the same shit, just another day. So I did the work on it. I told someone about it and start praying for someone and then just sit there with it and let it go. And it got better and it got better. But it's through that misery that I always, I mean, I don't, I don't make decisions to change about anything if, um, if things are great. I learn when I'm having difficulties very few times. Now, even if I just lose my peace a little bit, but that's still a negative. You know, when things are great, I may learn some, but I learn a lot more when my ass is on fire, you know. I do a lot more work. That, that's, you, just, that's just my nature. But do you learn it in a moment or do you learn it after you've gone through the situation? Or is it kind of both? It's both, but a lot of it's after, you know, with good things, I learn after I've gone through it because I realize I've behaved differently than I would have behaved in the past. But Sometimes I have to just stay under there for a while before I'll really just let go. You know, my pride and ego still wants me to keep a facade that's not always there. 
I usually learn it afterwards when I'm in jail, waiting on my phone call from my sponsor. Usually. I don't accept collect calls from Scotland, Craig. So don't don't wait. Your sponsor calls you in jail. <laughs> you stay waiting on the phone call from your sponsor. How does that happen? <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. No. He's exaggerating again. I know because I'm his sponsor. I was going to talk about step work. We were because. You mentioned, buddy, that we um, that you do the work all the time. You may not have mentioned that. I may have just made that up. But I usually do the step work when things are going really good. And I forget about the step work when things are going pretty bad. And Amy hit on it as well when she was talking about, do you do it when you're in the moment or do you do it afterwards? And I get into some situations where I think to myself, do you know what, if only I'd worked the steps on that, things may have worked out a little bit better for everybody, not just not just the one person. And I think when people see you get to that stage of working the steps through the tough times as well, I think that's when people promote you, when people see what you're doing and they want what you have. So when I was reading that story, it talked about he was promoted, but it didn't say who promoted him. How many of us have ended up with sponsees? We didn't actively go out looking for sponsees. But these people have then promoted you to the level of a sponsor because they see what you're doing and they want what you have. Yes, thank you, Craig. Amy, you have some? Yeah, but when those people think they want what you have but are not willing to do what you do, then they end up pissed off at you and telling you they found another sponsor. I mean, that just happened to me recently, maybe. So <laughs> I might have a little bit of, I might have a little bit of stink. I didn't take it personally, but like that would have been my reaction, right? Like my initial, I mean, I'm going to tell you the truth. Like at first I was like, what do you mean? You didn't do the suggestions. You didn't, you know, you didn't do what I do. Cause like I lay it out there. I don't, I, this is life or death for me. I don't have time to, you know, I'm not going to say that phrase. I don't have time to like sugarcoat anything. Like if you want what I got, you got to do what I do. And this is what I do. And if that's good for you, then we can work together and we can move forward and whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, two weeks go by and I've heard from this person like less than a handful of times missed not one, but two scheduled Zoom meetings. And I'm like, you know, are you dead? Are you in the hospital? Are you in jail? And then when I got a response, I knew none of those things were true. So then it was all of a sudden the response was, I found another sponsor. And I said, genuinely, my, my motives were pure. Thanks for letting me know. I wish you all the best. And I got back, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, your motives and your intentions were not, you know, not clearly what you thought they were when we decided to work, start working together. And it's really okay. Cause guess what? I'm still sober. So, um, but it's, I, I think it all comes down to motives, right? These people back to the story too. These people's motive was to just be promoted to just look at me, look at me, look at me. What about me? What about me? Where the guy that lost his father, his motive was, to genuinely mourn his father's death. I don't know. I just went on a rant. But, okay. funny, I, I had a sponsor that lasted two meetings. 
And on the second meeting, I was like, right, so how did you, how did you get on with the work that I gave you in the first meeting? Oh, do you know what? I didn't actually realize I had to do anything. Well, do you think I'm just going to hand it to you? You know, you're not going to expect us to do the work that I did. That's like dropping your body off at the gym and picking up when it's ready. It doesn't work that way. You have to actually go and do the work. Love it. <laughs> so what the gatekeeper was doing might have been good because half of them didn't die, right? Maybe they figured it out. I think I yeah, but it says that the, uh, the others that didn't die did not get promoted either, though. So they didn't get the job. Because they died. Oh, you said the ones that didn't die. Yeah, it yeah. says the others were not promoted. The dead died. I, I would assume the dead ones didn't get promoted. But <laughs> I was going to make a point that, like, I, I hear a lot of people as sponsors talk about, like, their first 10 sponsees didn't make it. Like, they all kept drinking, but don't give up. So I was thinking, but then eventually, you know, it starts to work or is there helping people? And but in this case, it didn't help anybody, so that was a bad point. No, it is a good point, Carrie, because maybe their first 10 sponsees didn't stay sober, but the person sponsoring them stayed sober, so it absolutely worked. I'm gonna take it right back to the origins of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I know this is not an AME. Whoops, um, Bill W. His wife, he got really, really discouraged for the first six months. And he was like, I've been working with all these people and nobody's getting sober and staying sober. And his wife looked at him and said, but you're sober. And then he was like, oh, oh, so the whole point. And that's another thing that I have to remind myself. If my sponsees behave badly, act like assholes in a meeting that I'm a part of, Um, nobody knows what I'm talking about, right? Um, if they behave badly or if they do something or if they drink or if they, whatever, it's not on me. Absolutely not my responsibility. What they do or do not do with the tools that I try to help them use. What matters is what I do with my recovery. And as long as I'm trying and I'm not drinking and I'm sober, then it's absolutely freaking working for me. Do you think that's where it comes back to the part where it's talking about the, the, the fish traps forgotten when the, the fish have been caught? The words are forgotten when the ideas have been grasped. We stop using the tools when we think that we're in control of things. We forget that we, forget that we have to. Could be. Could be. Doesn't say that we don't go back and use the fish trap again, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not that we throw the fish trap away. We just don't think about it anymore. Yeah, and we do use it again. All right. Yes. That um, last phrase, you know, um, Zen has a concept that you can't really express an experience with words. You know, and that that might be what that's trying to say there, you know, is, yeah, you can you can read all you want about the guy, but you got to talk to him. You got to talk to the person that's had the experience, and so that's why you know you you need help with the big book, right? You need someone who's had the experience with the big book. You can't just read it and make sense out of it, even though you do get stuff every time you read it. You know, you, I doubt that reading it would work for anybody. So, but what do you get though, Chris? 
you get the experience from the word. See, if all you're trying to do is look for a formula to work, that's different. Mm -hmm. uh, so that when we hear someone's story, what happens is I resonate with their experience. I've, I don't know how many times I watch yeah. in a meeting and you see all these heads shaking. They're not doing that on purpose. They're doing exactly. that because they're hearing the experience and it's their own experience. They're getting it, you know, like Carrie was talking about. They're getting it, you know, yeah. and that's past the words. That's not about the words that are being said or exactly. how eloquent or how yeah. dumb they yeah. sound or anything else, you know. That's about what's behind that. That's about the experience, yeah. which is what I think he's saying. He says, give me the guy with experience. That's who I want to talk to. Right. Not the guy yeah. that can tell me how to do it. The guy that's, that has perfectly. done it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Or and give me the guy that's got the experience that doesn't, that he's not always, you know, there are some people that talk the talk a lot better than walk the walk. If you know what I mean. And so I wonder if that's wrapped up in there too. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Amy. Yeah, I think that goes with motives, back to motives. Like mm -hmm. I, on the outside, I'm trying to be like you, but on the inside, my motives are not like the same as your motives are not pure, like taking it back to the story. So then it's not going to work, right? My outsides don't match my insides. The external, and the, there's the big book, the external environment, anyway, it's an acceptance was the answer. And I don't, I'll pull it out in a minute, maybe, but um, I, I'll, I just thought of, I think, buddy, you said something about when someone tells their story, people are nodding their heads, but this, it made me think of this. When the ideas are grasped, the words are forgotten. I, my sponsor told me early on when I was getting ready to give my first AA talk, if you will. I was first, you know, going to share my whole story, you know, the whole 45 minutes, hour long thing. She said, you're not allowed to write down anything and take notes with you. And I'm like, oh, my God, why? I'm going to forget what I'm going to say. And she was like, but if you write down what you think you need to say, then God's not in control. And there it's you're trying to control and manipulate the conversation you're having with these people. And maybe the ideas that need to come out aren't. So then what happens is I'll give a talk and then afterward, you know, maybe I'll think of a couple of things here and there that I said, or more importantly, that I didn't say, oh, I didn't talk about that. Oh, I forgot. I didn't mention that. But what I don't do is really remember every single word that I said because I got out of the way, right? So the words are forgotten. I don't remember what I said because I was not in control. So the idea that I'm no longer running the show means that I'm not going to remember the things I say because I'm not really in control at the end of the day anyway. That reminds me of somebody that I listened to, and he says there's three conversations that I have in a meeting. The conversation that I was going to have, the conversation that I wanted to have, and the conversation that God gave me. So it's just made sense. So thanks for clearing that up, David, because I'm... I've been sat for months thinking, what does it mean? You could have asked your sponsor, but that's okay. Craig, <laughs> I feel like you need to talk to your sponsor. No, he doesn't. He, he already talks to me enough. Do you really think? <laughs> Do you, the, the thing is, 
when my sponsor talks, the words are forgotten. I just I, <laughs> I have the meeting. I'm like, what did he say? What is- <laughs> I, I was going to say this is so much. This is the Tao, because the Tao is there are no words to describe it. It's That's a funny thing as well. There's no words to describe them. Yeah, it's it's all about the Tao, really. It's, it's it is, a, isn't it, Marla? And yeah, you know, it's when you know, you know, the, when you know you're taking care, you're walking with God, or whatever, however you want to say it. You you you're you're taking care of. You have God in your life as you're you know walking with you side by side. That's the Tao. Isn't it? Am I wrong? I think this is, uh, I, you're right, Marla, and I hadn't thought about that, that this may be just a description of the Tao, a description of knowing. Because I think that's what we're looking for this whole time. And I believe it does take pain for us to learn that. Well, just like any woman that's had a baby. No, you forget the pain you do. when you have the child. You don't stay with the pain the rest. Oh, you know, you don't, you know. You, know, you yeah. know that it hurt. Like, I knew that it hurt at the time, but I couldn't, I can't describe how a strawberry tastes. I can't describe to you what childbirth feels like, except, oh, my God, I thought it was going to last forever, and I was done, and then the baby was here, and then. It was forgotten. It's worth it. You look at the result. But then you look at somebody, I'm just going to interject, somebody like the Buddha. He was born a prince. He didn't suffer. But he went out into the world. He, he you know, um, renounced, renounced everything. And he went out into the world to see everybody suffering. He didn't come from suffering. He had to go, he had to go find it and realize it. Everybody suffers. And then he said under the Bodhi tree, Marlon said, either I die or I am enlightened, one or the other. That was his suffering. That was his father's death, so to speak. That was his misery. And he said under the tree, and we really don't know how long. Some say 40 days. You know, there's different things. He said under the tree and said, I will sit here and meditate. Until either I die or I have gotten it, you know, whatever it is, you know. And so that's that's the whole that was his moment of surrender. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Anything else, guys? This has been a good conversation. I think that if we get stuck, maybe we should. Uh, I know for me, what this reminded me of, if I'm stuck, maybe look back at. Uh, maybe how I've suffered in the past, like let's say with surrender or some, uh, let's say I'm stuck in the words and I can't find what, uh, let's say I become an imitator. Let's let's take it there. Let's say uh, for whatever reason, I've, I've become an imitator and this is just not working for me. What do I do? You know, and, and that can happen to us. That can happen. We can start looking good and, you know, all the all the things that we're supposed to be and not not have the, the motivation under it, Amy, like you were talking about. 
You know, how, how do we regain that? Craig? So if we stop being imitators and start being disciples, because I could I could try and imitate what Buddy does just to make me look good, but deep down inside I'm still full of shit. I'm still <laughs> selfish. I'm still self-centered. I'm still just doing what Craig wants to do. Rather than actually, and Chris, Chris said it, rather than walking the walk, I'm just talking about it. That's a good thing. You become a student. A disciple to me, a disciple is a, more of a student rather than just yeah, a follower. Yeah. You know, yeah, a disciple shouldn't just put up whatever, whatever yeah. would rather, rather than somebody who's trying to copy what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want what we have, this is how we did it. That's great. Yeah, I have found that I cannot serve others with an unpure motive for very long. I can't be nice to people because I'm supposed to for very long. I start getting angry. I start having all those, you know, I had a sponsee that said, well, what if I just do it because uh, I think it's going to help me, but I really don't, you know, he's all his head thinking, right? I said, try that and see how long that that works for you. I said, you'll stop. I said, because you can't, you're not going to continue to do that if it's coming from an unpure motive. So that's a way that you could see it. I like the phrase, um, regardless of what it takes. I had a sponsee that couldn't get sober, and I asked him if he'd prayed the prayer yet. He said, what prayer? And I said, I want to get sober regardless of what it takes. He said, ooh, I'm not praying that. (laughs) I said, there you go. I said, until you do, I doubt you will be able to get sober. That was our exact conversation. He prayed it, and he got sober. But that is surrender, isn't it? Just regardless. I remember the first time I prayed that, and I don't even remember what it was about. It was one of those times I heard myself say it, and I thought, I literally thought, oh, shit, what did I just pray? You know, can I take that back? You know, I wanted to take those words back. Uh, that, that really is pointing me in that direction. I can't be an imitator long if, if I'm that sincere. Well, I don't know what's happened on me, but I just thought, um, I thought of a Bible verse, buddy. So how to look it up. <laughs> and it is James 1, 22 to 25, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. There you have it. I cannot believe I just thought of the Bible, but that's okay. That's okay. I mean, you can quote the Bible, you can quote the big book, you can quote the... I'll tell my sponsor. Whatever. I'm just kidding. If I quote the big book, seeing as Amy went off on a tangent that nobody would ever have expected. <sighs> We're not cured of alcoholism. What we what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of a spiritual condition. I was talking to someone today. They said, I got angry like I have not gotten angry in 10 years. I've been in the program a long, long time. I said, Well, have you been spiritually fit? I said, take it back to the uh, to those simple ideas that we started with. 
He said, well, I haven't been doing my normal, you know, stuff. I said, well, there you have it. There you have it. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you, guys. Well, I guess since I've been part of this meeting, I should really say something or another. <laughs> um, so I'll just, I'll just, I'll just go to it. The gatekeeper in the capital city of Sung. First of all, Sung is a very important city. As a matter of fact, it's an imperial city. And a gatekeeper's job is to determine who can go into the city and who's not to. So this gatekeeper must have been very, very knowledgeable. He's more than just a gatekeeper. He's a very, very important person. Now, what he was doing was mourning the death of his father. That was his purpose for what he did. Imitators don't have that same thing. And I think that's what everybody's been saying. One thing about this meeting is you say an awful lot of very lofty things that go right over my head. But, you know, it's, it's very cool. I like it. Um, again, I feel that the purpose of words is to convey ideas. I see that as the 12 steps. Uh, where can I find a man who's forgotten words? He's the one I'd like to talk to. In other words, that's trying to find the perfect sponsor. I want to talk to someone who isn't just going to tell me the words. He already knows the words. He's forgotten the words. He has concepts. I want to talk to a, a sponsor that knows the concepts. I um, had a horrible situation where I believed someone of something that they said about the program. And I have had a hard time dealing with the program for a long, long time. But now I realize it's not personalities at all. It's not what the guy said. What I want is a man who's forgotten the words. He's the guy I'd like to talk to because when the ideas are grasped, the words are forgotten. I want the ideas of the program because that's what the program is. The program is to convey ideas. I want to know the ideas, not the words. Thank you, Ted. That's good. Thank you, sir. I think that's a great place to close, guys. If there's no one else. Okay, well, you guys have a great week. Thank you all for a great meeting. This has been good today. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Enjoying it. So Thank you. We will go from there. You guys have a great week, and we will see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.